All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Day in the Life. Today, I'm joined by Donnie Angel, who is an entrepreneur coach, and I met her in Salt Lake City at a New Moons Women's Circle that I'd been invited to, and Donnie's one of the organizers of that Women's Circle, and she, while I was, while, while we were while I was meeting her, she talked about her core values work and the type of coaching that she does. And I just knew I needed to do a session with her. And so I'm really honored that she's going to be on the show today. And I really think you're going to enjoy hearing the wisdom she has to share. So welcome, Donnie. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. Yes. So just, just starting off, how do you get to where you are now? Wow, that's a big question. Big question. Um, my background as a child, I was just so voraciously curious. I read everything I could get my hands on, particularly about human behavior, astrology, um, but a lot of things about having your own business. My dad is an entrepreneur. Most of my siblings are entrepreneurs. And my grandpa was also an entrepreneur. And I was very, very young when I got interested in working for myself. Um, I am a lover of freedom and I don't do well with people telling me what to do. So I did lots of studying growing up. And then in my 20s, I actually worked as a speaker trainer for the Junior Miss pageant program here in Utah. And I would work with the girls on self-esteem and self-confidence. And that really started my career. I was also a photographer, which I still do on the side, but I started my coaching business in 2002, mostly because people would hear me speak or you know train with different institutions, different organizations, and ask to do a one-on-one -on -one with me. So it started very, very organically. Um, after I'd been coaching part-time for a couple of years, I decided to really throw myself into some training. So I did a lot of different trainings all over uh, to be a business coach and a relationship coach. And at this point, I would say 80% of my business is probably entrepreneurial coaching. That's really my passion um, and that seems to be what just keeps showing up. So, yeah. So could you speak more a little bit about kind of what you offer in your coaching services? Well, my tagline is, are you ready to launch your purpose? So I'm really passionate about working with people who are, have a deep desire to be their piece of the puzzle in this world. I work with a lot of like mission-based businesses and I do also like do business trainings and go into businesses and do trainings, but a lot of my business is one-on-ones and workshops and uh, retreats that I host myself. So what I tend to focus on is the person who is currently in a job and or doing their own business kind of more like on the side and they want to do that full time, make a full living at it. So I do a lot of the very practical, logistical, structural work, um, you know, helping people with their websites. I don't do the website, but I'm an expert on websites, uh, something I've studied for the last 12 years. And so 
you know, help them design them. I do a lot of branding with people, um, really getting very like practical. How are you going to launch this business in the world? But I also do a lot of the removing blocks and obstacles work with people. Uh, in fact, my LLC is called the Practical Mystic because I am very intuitive. In fact, I used to work full-time as a psychic. And I know that for a lot of people that makes me seem, you know, maybe kind of out there and woo-woo. The funny thing is I'm not really. Like I'm very reliable. I'm actually a very practical person, but I can't stop my intuition. So over the years, I've just learned to kind of merge those things together. And, and because so many of the people I work with are either in the arts, um, in the healing world, you know, they're body workers, they're coaches, they're therapists. I have a lot of clients who are therapists. I have a lot of clients who are nurses, which I find very interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, that tends to be my specialty is helping people launch their mission-based, heart-based, soulpreneur business where they get to show up as their purpose on the planet and make a living at it. Oh, I love that word soulpreneur. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I guess like what your soul is called here to do. Yes, absolutely. Yep, exactly. I'm a really big fan of doing what you are meant to do and making money at it. And I totally acknowledge that that's not for everybody. Some people, their destiny, their mission, their purpose is nothing to do with that, right? And I'm all about service as well. So, but there's so many people who they're working this 40 hour a week job. They come home exhausted and really burned out and they don't have the energy and the bandwidth to then do what they feel like they came here to do. So like one of my favorite words in the world is satisfaction. For me, I know that I'm on my path when I'm feeling fully satisfied. And I know for me that I'm off my path when I'm feeling frustrated. So I love helping people find that satisfaction in their own life. Um, and I found it in mine. I mean, it's, it's really, truly my daily reality. Today, for instance, was honestly a perfect day. I could not have asked for a better day. And I love that I can be snowed in my house on this beautiful mountain I live in, live on, I guess, <laughs> uh, with my amazing husband and that we can still work, still make money, you know, just, but also have lunch together and, you know, finish our Christmas decorations. And it's just, there's that life of satisfaction, I believe very strongly that certain people are drawn to and their heart is telling them, I have something to bring this world. I'm really good at it. And I just don't know how to do it as a legit business. And that's where I come in. Yeah. And I think that ties really in well into your core values work and um, what you're talking about, how some people aren't really meant to be entrepreneurs. I mean, that's not how you said it. You said it way better than how I just said it, but I, I like, it reminds me a lot of that story that you have about how you came on the idea of core values. And, and do you think you could share that here? It's really good. Yes, absolutely. So 
Uh, I really kind of stumbled on core values, which is funny because it has become a huge part of my purpose, a huge part of my work. And it's typically what I'm speaking on when I'm you know, traveling and speaking or doing retreats. So I was married to my ex-husband at the time, and this would have been in 2009. And we were in one of our epic arguments and he was, so neither one of us was happy in the marriage, basically. So we decided we were going to talk about it. So we had the kids go to, you know, babysitter and we had the conversation. And I know some of you have had this conversation. Are we going to stay together? Are we not? And he was just like, I am miserable being married to you. And even though I was also miserable being married to him, I was very offended by that. And so I proceeded to list my virtues like we often do to defend ourselves. So I was like, are you kidding me? I'm an amazing wife. Our house is always clean. You know, the kids are always so well taken care of. I, you know, good with money. The bills are paid. Um, and I just went, I'm affectionate. I'm loving. I ask you how your day was every day. And I just went on to list my virtues. And this is the moment that changed my life. He got right up in my face and yelled, and I would trade all of it for some security. And it's funny, I remember, like I felt this kind of shock go through my body. And I was like, something really important just happened here. But we continued, you know, the fight. And he proceeded, when I said, well, I don't wanna be married to you either. And he proceeded to list his virtues. I'm a great provider. You know, I make sure we always have everything taken care of. Our, you know, we have plenty of money and savings, no debt. And I said, and I would trade all of that for some connection. So the next day, when things had calmed down, I said, when you said you would trade all of that for some security, what do you mean by security? And that really is the golden question when you're talking about core values, because anybody could say a word, uh, stability, balance, play, fun. But what do that, they mean specifically when they use that word? And so he said, well, first and foremost, I need you to work a W-2 job. And that's when I knew there, there was no way that marriage was gonna last forever. I mean, I consider myself to be psychologically unemployable. I do not believe in authority. Um, I, work when I work. I am completely in charge of my own schedule and always will be. Anytime in my life, whether it was school or parents or church or a job, when someone tried to tell me what to do, it went so epically bad. And plus entrepreneurship is my passion. I started my first business when I was seven years old. So him saying that, I just knew. And he went on to say a bunch of other things that showed me that we were not a match. And it was interesting too, because he was actually not interested in hearing about my core values. He was not interested. He didn't ask me that question, well, what did you mean by connection? And one of the things with core values, if you're in a relationship, is you really wanna make sure that you are able to communicate with each other what your core values are and understand. So from that place, I was completely on my own doing this, but I started observing my life and studying what is it I truly care about? What holds meaning for me? What do I choose above anything else? And I really thought connection was my number one. 
Uh, so I was known for, I'm a Gemini and I love people and I have a lot of friends and I just know huge. I mean, I, I know thousands of people, literally I know thousands of people, but as I observed my own life and I noticed that there was only one thing I chose over connection and that was workability. And what I mean by workability is order, flow, organization, basically my life working, my schedule. I would get so unwell if anything would mess up my schedule. And, you know, of course, the shadow of that is I was kind of a control freak and actually was had OCD pretty bad in my 20s and 30s. Um, but the light of that is my house is always clean. My bills are always paid and I'm always on time. Uh, but it was interesting because for a long time when I thought connection was my number one, and this, of course, was when I was still married to my ex-husband, my friend said to me, and I wanted to punch him in the face. He said, if connection was your number one, you wouldn't still be married to this guy. And that was so true. And even now being very happily married to my husband, Gideon, if he comes home, say he comes home from somewhere and I'm in the middle of doing the dishes or doing a project and he tries to like connect with me, I'm like, hold on a second. I got to finish what I'm doing. Okay, now that's taken care of. Okay, loves, hugs, kisses. And he just knows that now. He doesn't interrupt me. He'll wait till I'm done doing something and then he knows I'll come to him for connection. So when I started to see how deep it went and I started to see the realities of in my marriage with Gideon, understanding his core values, him understanding my core values, the whole world just exploded for me. I was like, this could change everything. This could change parenting. This could change work, you know, with your coworkers, your managers, your bosses. I mean, understanding yourself is huge then having the bandwidth to understand others is life-changing. So that is the long answer to your question of how I discovered core values. And it just keeps the work, you know, it's been 12 years now. It just keeps deepening and deepening. Yeah. And you, you do a lot with that. Like you do workshops and coaching on that. And it's, it is really like empower, empowering to become self-aware of that kind of thing. And you can just recognize that. And then I guess it, it gives you the words to express it to other people. Absolutely. And it gives you the words to express it to yourself. You know, when I go in and I work with a team in an office somewhere and um, like I have one coming up, I'm going to be working with 12 people in a sales team. Can you imagine the benefit of not just those people understanding their own core values, but now they understand the whole team's core values? So for instance, like in a work scenario, oh, you know, Bob in HR, his number one core value is acknowledgement and his manager knows that. Hey, Bob, thank you for everything you do. We appreciate you so much. That was phenomenal how you took care of that problem. That's a person that's now going to stay at that job. So one of the biggest issues in companies is retention, employee retention, and they don't understand their employees' core values. They don't understand, right, what they really care about. If you have, for instance, uh, an employee that values freedom and you're micromanaging them, you're gonna lose them. 
So it, I mean, it's massive in the workplace, but where I get most excited about it is in marriages and then parents and children. That's where I get really, cause my third core value is legacy. And so I'm all about healing family dynamics. Yeah. So yeah. And, but it really does like apply everywhere. It just, I love things that they're simple. So they're understandable and memorable, but man, they make real changes. I'm not really about like the fluffy stuff. Let's do the real stuff. Let's get to the root of things. Let's do the thing that's going to make the biggest difference. Yeah. You know, so that, that brings up an interesting question. I, I was kind of wanting to talk about it a little later, but we can talk about it now. So I know you were, and you were talking about this before you're, you, you're, you've always been really interested in astrology. And mm -hmm. one of the things I've been sort of learning about astrology is that you have, um, not sure if I'm going to get the, the term right, but when you're born, there's like, you have a birth chart or you have a birth design. And so what I'm really interested in is how does this connect with that? It's, you know, it's really, really interesting because it's amazing how often I'll look at someone's chart and it's a perfect match for their core values. So I've come to the point in my business where I don't work with people unless they do their core values with me first, because I need, it's such vital information for me as the coach that it's really the foundation for everything we do. So when we talk about their chart later down the road, it is so funny how often there is this perfect linking up. The thing you need to understand about astrology is that like you're a Capricorn, right? Right. So you're Capricorn sun, but you also have a moon sign, a rising sign, a Venus sign. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's complex. And so a lot of times people will say, well, I don't match what a Capricorn is, you know? you mostly do match what a Capricorn is. I wasn't surprised at all to find out you were Capricorn, but then you'll find out how all their different signs come together and mix. Everyone's chart has themes in it. And very, very easy usually to see the, it, um, the mirror of the core values to the chart. It also works like beautifully with the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, um, you know, with me being, having connection as my number two core value, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, and they find out I'm an ENFJ, they're not surprised. So, uh, there are so many things. I love this kind of stuff, right? Because I'm obsessed with human behavior and human potential, but mostly from the, the context of like really my vision for the world is how every one of us can step up and step into our purpose. And I just see that as like lighting up that part of the matrix, you know, and then this lights up and this lights up and more and more is created and more and more good is put out into the world. And I, so I love anything that helps us understand ourselves just thrills me. I just get so excited about it. But for me, I had already learned all of that about myself. And it did make a difference, but not the difference core values has made. Yeah. Like nothing can even touch it for me. Well, because I was just thinking, because I've taken the Myers-Briggs test. I haven't taken it recently, but there were a couple of times I took it. I think I took it as a teenager and then I took it as like a young adult in college. And my, my letters changed at first. I was I-N-T-J. Mm -hmm. 
FP. And then one time I was INTP. And then one time I, I had a J at the end. And so like it changed a lot. And, and it's interesting because I guess it could just be like, I, I know that I've changed as I've grown, but then also maybe my self-awareness is different. And, but what's interesting about core values is that's just so fundamental to who you are that that doesn't change. But that doesn't change. Right. So this is one of the things that first drew me into. So I had already been doing core values really just like on my own for some of my clients with some of my friends. And then I learned that from reading some other books that core values don't change. So they've done a lot of studies on this and we are born and die with the same core values. Obviously the expression of them changes, right? Uh, I always think about my son, Boston, who's 26 and his number, number one core value is sovereignty which is so obvious. He went off on a rant on Instagram this week and I was just laughing so hard because everything he was saying was his core values. Like, I just want to record this and play it for everyone who wants to know what I mean about core values. But when he was little, he would not let me choose his clothes, put on his shoes, ever tell him what to do. And he would, I mean, he was like three the first time he said, I own myself. Oh, well, I own myself, you know, and now as a grown up, like he's basically an anarchist. He doesn't, you know, it's very similar to his mama. Um, but he is very much like, this is me. This is, I own my own body. I own my own mind. I own my own spirit. And so, yes, the expression changes, but he's still who he is. And for people who have children, you'll see this in your children. Like I have four of them and they are who they are. Like they came into this world a certain way. And I mean, you can tell a child's core values usually by the time they're four or five years old. Yeah. And then you were talking about like animals have them too. It's just fun. Like, yes, your pets. <laughs> yes. It's so fun. It's we uh, actually Gideon and I were talking about Mercury's core values the other day because he'll stop anything he's doing when somebody comes over. And so his number one core value is connection. And his number two is adventure. And then his number three is treats. <laughs> that might be my number four core value, treats. But he, um, he will choose, you can see it over and over and over. If he has a chance to connect, he will choose that over food anytime. He also chooses adventuring over food all the time. Whereas some pets, treats might be their number one, right? Or affection might be their number one. Or toys might be their number one. So even animals have core values. And so what do you suggest for people trying to discover what their core values are? Well, it's a lot. I mean, really, I'm writing a book. So wait for my book to come out. It's so much information because what I typically see is that people will kind of just guess at first and it doesn't really work. Like it's pretty important that you get to the right ones. I actually, so I do core value sessions with people, but I actually also do a very comprehensive training where I teach people like coaches, therapists, teachers, people who lead sales teams, how to figure out other people's core values. So, um, because it is, as you know, because you've done a core value session. I mean, I ask probably a hundred different questions in that two hour session. Um, 
So, but I am attempting in the book I'm writing, I'm attempting to at least help people figure out their own. But man, it is a process. Reverse engineering, what I do has been so difficult and so much work. And also for me, it's very intuitive. Like I'm listening to people's voices. So if people say, well, I think my core value might be compassion. No, that's not it. You see the questioning, the high voice. I'm listening to when they start saying things like, well, you know, freedom is like food and water to me. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Right. Or I just, my son who a different son and order is his number one. And he's like, if there's not order, I can't function at all. Okay. There's one. So, you know, I'm really listening for their tone of voice. I'm looking at their body language I am asking all sorts of questions to make sure we get to the correct ones. Because once you have them dialed in and you know what you mean by those words, they really become a compass for your whole life. So it's super important to get to the right ones. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, speaking of intuition, I was kind of curious on going back to your past life as a psychic. I have always been kind of curious, like, what does a psychic do? What did you do as a, what was that like? You know, what's funny. I did something very similar to what I do now, as far as people would come to me with their breakdowns and their problems. And I always have done, you know, strategy and practical things as well. But I'll tell you for me, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain. So I've clear, I've I've all the Claras. But clairvoyance is my main one. So I will get images in my head. And a lot of times they'll come and go, but the ones that stick, I will bring them up. And they're like hints because you still have to interpret them. But for me, and I would tell people this, I didn't pretend to be magic in any way. I would be like, I am highly trained and honed in on my listening skills. So just what I just said about core values, that's what I was doing. I was listening for and for voice changes, breath. I was watching for micro expressions, body language. And again, I would tell people this straight off the bat. I'm just helping people get to their own subconscious. I think really the shift for me going more into coaching was I did not enjoy the sessions where people are like, am I going to end up with this guy? I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I don't care about any of that. I want to, but okay, but I would find myself in these sessions. Okay, but who cares about that guy? What about your purpose? What do you want to do with your life? You know? And so the coaching became a bigger and bigger part of it, partly because of just what a huge passion it is of mine. So I still use all of those skills. And I really do. There is, I've, seen things I can't explain. Um, for instance, I had a brand new client, didn't know anything about her, but her first name. And I used to work at a golf course years ago when I, I mean, 30 years ago, I worked at this golf course. And when this client sat down, I couldn't stop seeing images in my head of that golf course, which by the way, is an hour and a half away from where I'm currently living. And finally, I just said, hey, this is a, such a random question, but do you live on the White Barn Golf Course? 
And she just sat there. She was like, how could you possibly know that? And it's so funny. She went later and went through all of her social media, which I couldn't have looked up anyway. I only knew her first name to make sure she had no pictures on there of her house or anything. And she didn't. But so things that are kind of unexplainable in that way will happen. But most of it is what I was saying. My, like my mastery is in listening. I'm listening on like 12 different levels at once. Yeah. And, and when you say you're trained, did you like, like, was there some kind of school, psychic school or? <laughs> so so no, I mean, as far as the psychic stuff, I really, I mean, the trainings I went through were all about coaching and human behavior and human nature and psychology, but the co- the psychic stuff was basically practice. I was born very intuitive. Uh, my family is like that. You know, we, so, you know, we're all, we come from a family of witches. Uh, so it was a very normal part of my life. When I was a child growing up, the neighborhood kids would call me a witch and it's just sort of who I am. But the practice of it, you start to see patterns. You really do like, oh, every time a person's voice goes up, they're lying to themselves. And I mean, your breath does a certain thing. Your cadence does a certain thing. We are really, like I kind of became a human lie detector in a way. But, but what I'm looking for is what is true for that person. And when somebody starts to talk about something that really matters to them, or they're really passionate about it, everything changes. Their whole energy changes, their body language, everything. And it's so fun. I'm like, there it is, right? There it is. We're just too close to our own stuff. And that's why having a facilitator helps a ton. So I guess, I mean, in a way I'm similar to a therapist, but I'm not looking to process the stories over and over. I'm looking to create what you actually want in life. Yeah. And sure, if we have to process a story here and there to move that block, I'm happy to do that. And I'm very, very good at that. But I'm all about the creative. I'm all about the creation of what you're doing in the world. Yeah, that's cool. Um, one thing I was curious about when you were talking earlier is so and like and going back to that family thing, I'm the first person in, in like four generations not to become a nurse in my family. And you were talking about how you work with a lot of nurses and I'm kind of like, well, what do nurses come to you for? I'm just curious. Do you know what? That is such a good question. And it took me a long time to realize what was happening. So one thing that happens with nursing is they're healers. Nurses are healers, right? And so in nursing is a very, very, very exhausting job especially recently. So they will get burned out, but they have such a deep desire to help. So a lot of times nurses come to me to help them transition away from working in the way they are, like for a hospital or something, and figuring out what they can do with those same desires, those same core values of like surface and I'm sorry, service and healing and, you know, support. So I've helped many, many, many nurses transition into either working for like uh, private clinics 
or even like I'm helping a nurse right now transition from being a nurse for a very long time into writing children's books where she can still show up for people and be that loving, compassionate person. But yeah, so I think nurses are drawn to me because they're healers. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I'll have to, my mom is a nurse who also is writing some children's books. <laughs> it's like, oh, she'd be- Oh, how fun is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, if you're, if you have that love of children and that's something you do, I think it, it does like segue really well. Yes. It's amazing what people are already doing usually is a beautiful segue into the, what they want to be doing even more. And they will use those same skills. I'm actually really big on that. I'm really big on like, what is your skill set? What have you spent your life learning? Let's use that. Right. Yeah. Like take the experiences you've had. They yeah. have a purpose, you know, they've, they've been good for, you've had them for a reason. And so exactly. Even if it's just now, you know, what not to do and what does not bring you joy. Well, that's really good information. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I was curious about, and this is just something you've said in passing during our coaching session, you were talking about, oh, you're like getting your name officially changed or you got your name officially changed. And you said it was part of your business strategy. And I was like, kind of curious to know about that if you're willing to share. <laughs> well, you mean my personal name? I don't know what you were talking about actually. Cause you said you were, you were doing a name change process. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah. So I actually have been going by my first and middle name in my business for many years. And for me, that was and I, got, I had my name legally changed to that. For me, it was important because that is how I identify, right? I identify as that is my name, not like my ex-husband's name, right? It was really, really important to me to feel like I was showing up in my business authentically. And I, I used to, many years ago, go by the name The Practical Mystic instead of by Donnie Angel, which is my name. And when I was doing that, what I found was that some people loved it, right? But a lot of, especially businesses, corporations did not take me seriously in looking to hire me to do like a business training. And look, I know who I'm speaking to at the time. Like I know how much they're open to. I know how deep I can go with things. I'm not going to bring up that I'm a witch at some corporate <laughs> business training, but I think that it really scared them. I think business names are extremely important. I think personal names are extremely important. And if you are going by your personal name as your business and you don't feel 100% confident about that, it's going to show. So literally my website is donnieangel.com. If, if some part of me was resistant to that name, I'm, I'm going to subconsciously not wanna send people to my website right? I'm not going to want to fully claim what I'm doing if I'm not fully comfortable with the name. So whether it's your name or whether it's your business name or both, it's very, very important that there not be any weird hangups about it. Like having your ex-husband's last name. Yeah. If that doesn't feel completely right to you. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. Like I've been having angst about, um, I changed my last name when I got married. Well, I added my married name to my, my, my maiden name. And, and I'm like, it's a really hard name to pronounce. I don't even know how to say your last name. How do you say it? It's Shiachich. And when my husband proposed to me, I was like, I don't even know how to say your last name. (laughs) Like it was a hang up for me. But I, I don't know, it was important to me for like the family unity idea. And so I did like change it, but I was also like, I don't want to completely change it either. So I want to like have my old last name because it's easier. But yeah, that's something I'm kind of working through is like kind of um, being used to having a kind of hard to pronounce last name because <laughs> it's always been easy. <laughs> well, yes. And, and in your business though, you, you know, knowing what, that would be a very hard one to have a business around. Mm-hmm right? But that's not the name of your business. True. So that's where it matters is if you're putting it out, it's one thing for the people close to you. So I actually do have the same last name as my husband. Our last name is Maxfield and it's a common last name of both of ours. That's a long story. We're actually related generations back. So when we got married, we took on our common last name. It's very meaningful to us, but he is a very successful photographer and videographer. And so he still goes by Gideon Kai, which is his first and middle name. And I go by Donnie Angel, which is my first and middle name. So we didn't change our businesses at all. We left those completely alone. So yes, our families can know us by, you know, Gideon and Donnie Maxfield, but for our business, it didn't change. And we both feel so strong and so good and so confident about those names. And so it just, it just allows for that flow. Yeah. I'm really glad I asked that question. I was like, I don't know why I wanted to ask it, but I did. And I'm, I'm, now I'm glad I did. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talking about your husband, how did y'all meet? We met on Facebook and we were actually friends for quite a while. Um, he's much, much younger than I am. Okay, I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to change the lighting here for a minute because it's getting dark. Ooh, there we go. That's better. It's uh, getting dark where I am. So my husband is actually 22 years younger than me because I know everyone's like, well, how much younger is he? So yes, my husband's 30 years old and I'm 52. And we are the most epic couple ever, actually. We have so much in common. I always tell people like, he's not a normal 30-year-old. If you talk to him for five minutes, you'd see what I mean. He's so deep and he's so wise and he helps me a ton with my business he does all my technology um I always tease my friends my age like go get yourself a nice 30 year old husband he'll do all your technology um because I used to work at I had my own photography business for many years and that's what he does we shoot together all the time and we love that so he does do photography and videography full-time and that's what he's doing right now. Actually, he's in the garage doing a product shoot. Um, we really are just, he's my best friend. And I used to hate it when people would say that. I'd be like, okay, whatever. But truly, he's like everything to me. We just have the most amazing life. And I just can't imagine being with anyone else. So the second I met him, I quit looking. And that's. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Did you do work beforehand to kind of hone in on like what you were looking for? And then like- so, so, so much work. 
<laughs> so much work. We actually, he and I teach a relationship course together and it's a retreat style. And um, we go, you know, usually up to my family cabin with couples for the weekend and work with them. But for people, we actually do one for singles where we have them write a hundred things they're looking for. Oh, wow. And when I had done my own relationship coaching course in LA, they had us do this and it took all day. And uh, it was really funny. A couple of years ago, I actually found the piece of paper I'd written my hundred things on. And I said to Gideon, oh, I found this paper I did years ago that says the hundred things I'm looking for. He's like, don't open it. Don't <laughs> open it. What if it's nothing like me? But I opened it and he was 99 out of a hundred. Wow. <laughs> yep. 99 out of a hundred. And I remember at the time my group that I was doing it with was laughing at me because I wanted someone who was very emotionally present and supportive, but extremely masculine and could like build things and make things and, you know, was physically strong and all these things. They're like, oh, good luck with that combination. And that just describes my husband perfectly. And for those of you who are wondering what the one thing he did not have was funny because I actually at the, didn't have it anymore either, it, the desire for it anymore once I read the list and that was Love's Football. So when I was younger and my grandpa was still alive, my grandpa and I would watch football together all the time and I had a huge passion for it. But as soon as he passed away, I lost all the, I don't care about it anymore. So it didn't even matter. So we're basically perfect for each other. Yeah, I mean, 99, that's a pretty, those are pretty I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of work. I did a lot of clarity work. But I also did a lot of work to clear my own wound. And Gideon and I continue to do that work together. Um, this morning over coffee, we went into like where we both are, what we're both up against as far as, you know, some of our like struggles, some of our obstacles we feel like we're currently facing and like asked how we can help each other, how we can support each other. And we do that probably at least two days a week so you know we're just continually and his core values are creation sovereignty and growth so growth is very important to him so we're constantly growing together yeah because I mean that's that is something that at least the popular media never talks about is like once you get married there's a lot of work to do after <laughs> to keep you yes absolutely we did the work we needed to I think even meet in the first place and then the work we needed to do to be together. Um, people were so funny about our age difference. I'm like, I couldn't care less. It doesn't even, I, don't, I never think about it. Like I literally never think about it. And they'll say, oh, I could never be with someone that with that big of an age difference. I'm like, well, if I had said that I would have passed up the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's, you, you, you honed in on what really matters to you. Cause like, I, I, I remember like a while ago, I dated someone who was only six years older than me, but he kept talking about things that like, that were generationally different. I'm like, we're not even that far apart in age, but like he grew up listening to different things. And they're like, well, the things that you're saying were different. Don't really, they're not that important. It's okay. If we didn't watch the same show, girl, right. Or something. 
Right, exactly. But that, see, again, it always does. It always comes back to what really matters to you, what matters to you and what matters to other people. That one conversation, it's like you can finally feel gotten. You can finally feel understood. And when you feel, when you feel like somebody gets you, you feel safe. And when you feel safe, you're able to connect. And when you're able to connect, connect, you're able to create, collaborate. Mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting to me as I see people who leave marriages or leave jobs or leave friendships, they will say over and over, they didn't get me. They just didn't get me. They didn't understand me. And so, yeah, it's a really, really big theme. It, it honestly is pervasive and ubiquitous. It just shows up everywhere. <laughs> so it's, it's, and now it's like my filter for how I see the world. So I'll, I'll even be at the bank or something listening to these women behind me talking and I'll be like "Mm, I bet her core value is (laughs) I bet her core value is peace and one of this other ladies is you know and I'm just always like guessing and interested but it's fun because it makes it so I don't judge people right right because they just have different core values if I go into someone's house and it's a mess I think, well, obviously their core value is not workability, but they probably actually play with their kids. You know, people are like, oh, your house is so clean. I'm like, mm-hmm, let me tell you a secret. I don't cook. I don't do crafts. I don't do any kind of project. I mean, that's not true. I do. I absolutely do projects, but they're all like on my laptop, you know? So I'm like, well, don't compare yourself to me. I would probably be horrible compared to you because you're probably much more creative than I am and much more fun to your kids than I am. So it's, it's really interesting. We're all playing different games. Not only do we all have different purposes and different core values, we're all playing different games in the world. So it gets weird to judge other people. They're just playing a different game. That girl that goes to the gym for two and a half hours, seven days a week, that's the game she's playing. Why judge that? Right. You know, I could take a chapter out of that book. <laughs> Instead of judging, you know, I could be like, wow, good for her. Look at that with her caring so much about her physical health. So it's, it just, once you really get that, you really do stop judging. Totally. Um, so yeah, my, my last question is just kind of like, what do you do outside of work to decompress for fun? Okay. Well, (laughs) oh dear. So one of my favorite things to do. So socially, I love coffee with friends. I'll go, I'll have a friend over here. We just kind of talk back and forth and laugh, go to a coffee shop or something. Love that. And I have my couple of friends I do that with. I'm pretty picky about that. People invite me to coffee all the time. I'm like, you just want a free session and you don't know it. You know, like I have just very kind of like, I want it to be all fun. Doesn't mean it can't be deep and profound, but I love that like lighthearted coffee with friends on my own, and I do this every single day, is, I call it puttering. I got to have my puttering time, and I like at least two hours a day of this. Now, keep in mind, for those of you listening, my youngest child is 14, so it's much harder to do this when you have, like, little ones, right? But I have a time of day that my husband's either at work or he's working in a studio. My daughter's at school, and the dog is more than welcome to be with me at any point. He, he just adds, he never takes away. He's, my dog is perfect. 
That is true. And that is a true story. So I love to sit in my bedroom and just be like, maybe I'm working on my calendar, my scheduling, my retreats for the year. Like right now I'm planning my entire 2022. I always have a show on. It's usually something super stupid. Right now I'm watching every Hallmark Christmas movie I can get my hands on. Um, I always have a drink by me. So like coffee or tea or something like that. Maybe whiskey, depends on the time of day. But I just love vegging. Like I'm still kind of productive. Like I'll go change the laundry or have some cheese and crackers or send emails, but at least two hours a day where I'm basically alone and I just putter, I just putter around the house. So I have to have that to decompress because the reality is my sessions are intense. There's so much information in every single session I do and I love them and they also wear me out. So I have to have that decompression time to just stay happy. And then I also spend a ton of time with my family of origin. So I'm the oldest of eight kids and we all live within 30 minutes of each other. So we get together every Sunday during the holiday season. We do so many things together. We laugh, we, you know, play. So those are, those are my own little things outside of business. Yeah. I love that. Cause I mean, especially when you're working one-on-one with people, it can take a lot out of you. So you need to build that energy back up. Very much so. I, it's so important to me that every single client feels like they're getting all of me. Like I'm completely present. I'm at a hundred percent and you're going to get my very best. And that's how I give it. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. If people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? So donnieangel.com, super easy. It's D-A-W-N-I. I-A-N-G-E-L.com. And it has like a bunch of information about me, has my sessions, my prices, how to work with me. And usually we'll have the next either retreat or training I'm doing listed as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And um, it was just, again, just so great talking with you. Yes, you as well. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single show. Interested in being on the show? Know someone that might be a good fit? Use the nomination form in the description.